0: Down miffed to Dunk. And peeved. Yeah. Um, miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. and <laughs> <laughs> no, peeved. I think it. it's a real world. It's a real, it's a real it's, world. it's, it's real. A, That's it. a real one. I don't use it. But it's <laughs> real. Not in your vocabulary. Down to Dunk.
1: Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Right. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of DailyThunder.com. You can also find us on Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at 5 o'clock Central Time. If you're listening on Dash Radio, welcome. We are an Oklahoma City Thunder show. So we are talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, before we get to that, if you are looking to buy or sell a home, the market has really slowed down. Uh, but if you want to be prepared to sell your home or to buy a home next year... I've got the guy for you, and his name is Grady Carter with Metro Brokers of Oklahoma. Grady is a GRI designee, which means that he knows what he's talking about when it comes to buying or selling a home. He knows the Oklahoma City market so well, and he also just cares about people. If you just if you want a realtor that will get to know you and wants to know your needs and will find whatever home or help you sell your home and just do the right thing for you, The guy is Grady Carter. You can contact him uh, on Twitter, social media, Facebook, Instagram, at HomeboyOK. You can go to his website, homeboyok.com. So contact Grady. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, there's nobody better in Oklahoma than Grady Carter. With me today is my good, good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, how's it going?
1: Good morning. It is (laughs) 3 a.m. in Portland, Oregon. It's so <laughs> early. 60 degrees in my kitchen because <laughs> our heater doesn't reach all the way here. Oh, no. I'm wearing uh, <laughs> my warmest socks <laughs> and clothes. I'm bundled up, ready to pod. It's <laughs> a cold kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, we'll talk about
0: the Bucks game. The, the Thunder were incredible, but first we got some some Josh Houston news. The Thunder did not pick up his fourth year option. Uh, Kev underscore vh asked about: Are they going to bring back Houston next summer? He also mentions Jeremy Grant, which I think is a little bit more complicated. Um, actually, they're both kind of complicated. But what are they? What is your take on this Josh Houston weirdness? Also. Uh, great ball 83 asks, how did Fred Katz talk Presti into not picking up he's option?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, so correct me if I'm wrong. I I, I looked this up, but if they had picked up his option, so they would have him next year for 2.2 million Mm -hmm. and then he would have been a restricted free agent the following summer, right? Correct. So, so the minimum salary for someone with three years experience is 1.5 million, Mm -hmm. if that's correct that i looked up online so i guess they could theoretically bring him back next year for a little bit cheaper um i i maybe they made a decision that they don't think anyone's really going to be going after him next summer and that they could risk it It, i don't know it didn't seem like that big of a commitment
0: yeah (laughs) it's it's not but whenever you get into the luxury tax that $2.2 balloons really quickly. And Sam Presti is moving forward with the idea that they're going to have this team for a longer than just a season. And this move in particular kind of signals that to me. I think, one, not giving Grant a new deal signals that. And then also Houston not picking up his option. And it also must mean that they just don't, Either one, they don't think that anybody is going to try to pick him up and they can just get him for a little bit cheaper next summer. Or they just don't see him as a piece moving forward, which I, and I think it could be a little bit of both.
1: Right. Yeah, it's it's fun going to his basketball reference page because if you scroll down to the bottom, I counted up. There's 62 entries of just him being recalled and assigned to the OKC Blue. <laughs> wow. It takes up like half of the page.
0: <laughs> Man, I think. Think that Josh Hustis can play? Uh, I, I don't You're think he's, I don't think that he's been given, given an opportunity. Maybe I've said this before. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I just don't get it. I just think that they have totally mishandled everything about the way that Josh Hustis has been on the Thunder. Like they they don't haven't really given him a chance. And you know, last night was kind of interesting because you saw the news that they declined his option, and then he like basically doesn't play last night. Right. And you have to wonder, were they just trying to get a look at him in these first few games before they decided what to do with his option? Or did like Andre Robertson actually like being Andre impact that? Although he only played 21 minutes, so it's not like Robertson played all that much more than he has in the past few games. Uh, right. So that, I mean, that was kind of interesting that he didn't play because he'd been coming in, you know, in the first half and getting real minutes, and uh, it'll be interesting to watch throughout the season. Does Do those minutes just, do they just go away? Uh, which is possible. You know, the Thunder have guys, you know, Patrick Patterson played a lot last night. Jeremy Grant played a lot last night. Uh, Alex Sabrinas got a much longer look than he has. He had 27 minutes last night. So, you just wonder, are those minutes... Were they only for to get a look at him for his option? And if they were, like, that's kind of sad that like those are like the only real NBA minutes that he's gotten, um, you know, in the yeah. past three years to to figure out if he is an NBA player. Uh, I think it's too small of a sample size. I don't. I don't. If that's their evaluation point, I don't think that really makes sense. Uh, but it's just something to watch. And it, this this decision doesn't mean he's not going to be on the Thunder going forward. Uh, but it also clearly opens the door for him to go somewhere else if he wants to. So he'll probably be the starting two guard for the Spurs next year and average, you know, twelve points a game on forty-five percent from three. So,
1: and, and you, you kind of talked about this on the Dream Team Pod, but how ridiculous it is that. You know, as you're saying, if they were using this as like a trial period to like get some run out of them, like they had all last year. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All this um, time. It is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, for whatever reason, they want to give Kyle Singler every chance. They gave him every chance to fail. And they were like, even after they gave him every chance to fail, they were like, ah, let's do it one more time. Let's, let's, (laughs) let's see it in the playoffs. Let's, let's see what happens here. Uh, And I don't know. Josh is, a, he's a smart player he's he's been good on defense his shot hasn't hasn't been falling so far this season which you know it hasn't been falling for Alex Abrines either you know really until last night or Patrick Patterson so it's not like it's not uncommon for guys to like miss a bunch of shots in a in a short span of games but I don't know. It's a weird deal. Uh, Everything about Josh Hughes' career with the Thunder has been so weird. You know, selecting him in the first round. Ah, that was very weird. And then giving him like the sending him to the D League to develop instead of actually being on the team and you know, giving him like the 30 grand that he gets for playing in the deal. Like that's weird. And then once he gets to the thunder, it's like, great. Now we get to see what this guy can do. Nope. We're not going to see what he like two for two full seasons. One in which he should have gotten minutes. He doesn't get to play. And then he does get to play. Ah, Wow. Like he actually looks like a guy. Oh, let's decline your option. It's just been, it's been a weird, weird ride for, for Josh. And I, and he's, he's said good things like this feels like home. This is, you know, I would. You know, he wants to be here. But I, if I'm Josh, I'm like, see ya. Like, I would like to go somewhere where somebody will actually, you know, actually play me. Maybe like Atlanta or something like that, where they. You know, if I were him, I'd go to Atlanta. That's they develop wings very well. Uh, I'd go there because guys have gotten paydays from from being on Atlanta that are you know three and D, and so I, I'd go somewhere
1: else if I were him. Uh, just I was I was it's looking so uh, I was looking back at the 2014 draft. Listen to this murderer's row of guys <laughs> that have played on the Thunder from that draft. <laughs> Doug McDermott, Mitch McGarry, Josh Eustace, Jeremy Grant, and Samaj Kristen all came from that same wow. draft. That's, I not, mean, that's, all, that's almost 10% of the 2014 draft that played for <laughs> the Thunder. In there. That's and not, a, not a good year.
0: Yeah, Jeremy yeah. Grant is the best of them. And Grant played great last night. He was yeah he did 28 minutes. He was five and nine from the field, seven of seven from the free throw line. Like that, that was kind of weird. Uh, 17 points, two steals, two assists. He had that assist where he was rolling to the basket and had the awareness to throw to the corner, uh, and I just about lost it. Like I just didn't know that that was that Jeremy Grant could do something like that. Uh, he he's looked improved. He had a drive on John Henson, which you know. Just John Henson, a good NBA player. Probably he's not that good, uh, but still, like he finished confidently over a shot blocker. He was, he was very good. He looks much improved this year.
1: Do you think there's a coincidence that both Jeremy Grant and uh, Robertson have their best, most confident game the day they find out that Josh Hustis doesn't get his option picked up?
0: <laughs> it's it's a good theory that they're like <laughs> both like. Come on, Sam! Like wait, this guy can't get minutes over us. You got to decline his option. <laughs> decline his option. Come on! And then they're like, "Yeah, like yes." <laughs> this <laughs> is
1: actually, their celebration? We
0: get to play well today. We get to take all the minutes today. Uh, I actually th- kind of thought that about Robertson <laughs> last night. <laughs> Robertson was great. His his defense. What well, he looked like, Andre Robertson, last night. And he hadn't looked like that up until this point, which like he's fighting over screens. He defended Giannis probably better than anybody has so far this season. And
1: he he was great. Um, and, and for a guy that we always talk about the mental component with the fact that he was able to respond to the crowd doing the airball Andre. Yes. chant, Like, that's great. That's, yes, that's really awesome to see him respond to that. And he
0: hit he hit those two free throws, and then he blew a kiss to the crowd afterwards, <laughs> which is just like what? Like who is this? Um, yeah he he finished with nine points and three boards. His stat line's not impressive, but the way he played, it's like okay, like this is a guy that can really help the Thunder. And it helped, the, like, the Thunder defense was locked down last night. Uh, Giannis is going to get his, but they made his shots really difficult. And, you know, he, he wasn't just dominating the paint like he does usually. Like, he had a lot of difficult shots he had to take, and he made a lot of them. He was 9 of 14 from the field. Uh, but the rest of the Bucks were just abysmal. Middleton, 3 of 13. Uh Maker was three of nine. Brogdon one of four. Snell two of five. Like nobody shot the ball well at all. Um, so yeah, that was it. Was good to see the, the Thunder really clamp down on defense, and then uh, they looked like a different team offensively last night. You know, Russ was he he wasn't like he didn't dominate the game, and that he he only took twelve shots, uh, but he did dominate the game, and I thought that he just used more of like his presence to affect the game uh he was really smooth he you know took the ball to the basket when he needed to uh he distributed when he needed to and he just i I was really impressed with him steven adams continues his tear where he had 14 and 11 he just completely dominated all the bucks big men and then paul george got it going and and mellow looked great i mean this was the ball just moved very well last night you know they didn't have like a crazy number of assists. They only had 23, but the ball just moved much better. They were going into instead of just one or two actions, they were they were trying a third sometimes, and they were they ran the elevator doors for for Paul George. And it's just nice to see them moving the ball, and they're like, oh, like this could work. Like they could actually like I hadn't seen a team that can make it to the West Finals yet, and last night I feel like I saw it.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the big things long term is that we finally got to see the Patrick Patterson that we were promised. Right. Uh, not only in terms of minutes, I think he played his season high 24 minutes last night, but he put up like the classic Patrick Patterson game where he has, he, you know, you look at the box store and he had like six and three, but he had a great plus minus. Mm hmm and every time he was on the court you know i think kyle platt asked us a question about his touch passing yeah just what that can unlock for this offense and it's true just having that he's like the ultimate glue guy because he really does not put up crazy numbers in the box score but he's just everything he does on the floor is helping the team yeah just his ability to move the ball quickly and
0: make decisions quickly you know, the Thunder haven't had a great stretch of power forwards that could do that. You know, Nick Collison obviously is a guy that can do that. But, you know, Serge Ibaka couldn't do that. Uh, Sabonis wasn't a guy that could do that last year in the position that he was in. But to just to see those touch passes and just the quick decision-making and a guy that can make the right decision every time, uh, it's kind of, like, refreshing to see a guy like that on the court that can also shoot threes. You know, he was 2-2 two two from three last night. Uh, man, he's... He's going to be so important to this team. And I've talked about this with McKelly. I think that he could be like, he could be that fifth guy, and you just play bigger. Um, because I just think that his ability to stretch the floor and to move the ball is something that that, that group of guys needs really badly. And Robertson cannot fill that role um, because you just don't have to guard him. Uh, but Patterson can. And, you know, Abrinas, he, he's not really ready you know, defensively to, to be in that role. It's still, he's still going to be a guy that comes off the bench. He's going to be a shooter, uh, but he's just not quite there. You know, if Tony Snell feels confident to, to go to the basket on you, then you're probably not there yet. Um, so if, if that like quote unquote fifth guy is on the roster, you know, I, I think it's gotta be either Grant or Patterson. And for me, I'd rather it be Patterson just because, you know, he's going to move the ball. Um, and grant was great last night and i don't want to diminish what what he does but uh, i just think that patterson's a little bit better fit he's more of a glue guy like you said
1: yeah i'd heard uh nate duncan talked about that too when they did their their 15 and 60 who was going to be okc's fifth guy and he like briefly mentioned patterson but i think patterson's injury just kind of made everyone forget about him but he always made the most sense yeah as that fifth guy Um, He was always kind of like the bonus after we got Melo and Paul George, like, oh, yeah, and we still have Patterson. Um, And we kind of just forgot about him a little bit because he really didn't look good in those first couple games. But last night, we finally got a glimpse of what it could be like.
0: Yeah, he's... He is very, very important to this team. And just to have, just to have two guys on the bench that you can count on, like Ray Felton's been so good this season, and have Patterson. And, you know, Grant was great, but he's going to be hit or miss. But I think that you know what you can get from Felton and Patterson. It's not like crazy stat lines, but it's like stable veterans that know what their job is and can come in and do it night in, night out. Uh, I think that's, like, highly important uh, to this team. And just... To not like feel like you have to hold your breath the whole time the bench is in for the Thunder is like a that's a good feeling for a, for a Thunder fan to know that they can even extend leads or at least hang on to leads you know while while Russ or Paul George or Adams are on the bench it's just it's very it's a very different feeling even from the past you know it's been a while since the Thunder have had you know a solid group of vets on the bench right I'd like to thank Anchor Down for sponsoring today's show. The Thunder season is underway, as you may know, and a great place to watch a Thunder game with some friends is Anchor Down. They've got TVs inside. They have a big screen outside uh, that they will put the sound out um, on the patio. So if it's a nice night, you can go watch it out there. You can watch it in the bar. It's just a cool place to go watch a Thunder game. So next time that you and your friends are like, let's watch a Thunder game together. Where can we watch it? You should go. To Anchor Down. You can follow Anchor Down on social media at Anchor Down OK. Also some really exciting news. The press is open. You can go to the press. It's in the Plaza District in Oklahoma City. Uh, They've got some great food. They've got a chicken fried steak that looks so delicious. Follow them on social media. The Press OK on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And you can check out all the good things that are going on at the press. So go check them out. Please go to Anchor Down. Please support the people that support us and eat food and get some good drinks at Anchor
1: Down and the press. There was a question from uh, at say it with Yo chest 88 <laughs> uh, who said, apart from mellow ISOs, doesn't it look like OKC is starting to make the extra pass and find the open man? Not always, but more often than the pass. Well, I actually found a stat to back that up. OK. Uh, I was looking on NBA.com last night at the uh, assist percentage for the team, meaning the percentage of possessions that end in an assist. And so already this year, they're at 13th overall in the league with 57.9%. That's the highest they've ever been while in Oklahoma City. So I, I went back through every year. They were like last year, for instance, they were 26th in the league at 53.2 one of the years they were 49.1 which is actually the only time i saw a team below 50 (laughs) percent. but even their their previous best was 56.1 and that's like before this team has actually really gelled they're already at 13th in the league and they're already showing like their best ability to to get those extra passes so i i I do think it's happening it's not just uh it's not just the eye test yeah and that's
0: I think a lot of it is Russell Westbrook committing to letting, you know, not getting the ball out of his hands. And he's not having to dominate every possession and he's giving up the ball and he he's just willing to play that kind of role in which that was probably one of the biggest questions heading into this season. After having such a high usage rate, after, you know, dominating the, you know, last season and doing it very well, is he going to be able to take a step back? And so far, the answer has been yes. And does that continue? Like, I I don't. I have no idea. Uh, but last night, you really saw the kind of potential the the offense could have. But and they also didn't. I mean, they shot the ball well. I think they were like forty one percent from three. But they didn't like shoot just crazy percentages. And they just weren't like out of this world. Like that's that could be like a baseline to where they could be. You know, come come playoff time. And I don't I don't expect them to just steamroll through the rest of the season and play like that you know on Friday against the Celtics and on Sunday against Portland uh, but I I just think it's a good sign and and that stat that you say, I mean that's that's a a huge thing for the Thunder just because they've never played like that some of that is like Billy's message is starting to you know sink in a little bit with this team uh, and another thing is that they just they don't really have a choice. Like, they don't have, if they want this team to work, if they want everybody to get involved, they've got to pass the ball more. Like, they just, they don't even have a choice in the matter. Cause it's not, you can't just run one action, you know, and have all these guys working together, making them, making the team better. You have to have multiple actions, you have to have multiple passes in order to do that.
1: And it makes sense, too. I mean, you're talking about the change in Westbrook's role. Well, it's probably a lot easier for him to do that when he's passing it to people who he not only trusts to take the shot, mm-hmm. but who are going to be willing to take the shot or make another pass. Yeah. Which he just hasn't had, especially last year. Yep.
0: Uh, let's go into some more Twitter questions. Uh, first one from at It's Big D, y'all.
1: Who do you guys think you are? <laughs> Uh, I think Dane has asked this question every single time I've been on, constantly harassing me.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to answer it, but I just want to make sure that we gave a shout out
1: to Big D. Hey, Um, never forget our friend Dane, every birthday somebody comes and forks his lawn. They put forks in his lawn. He still doesn't know who does it. (laughs) It's happened two years in a row. He has no idea. What idiot. (laughs) Oh, man, that's great um let's see lots of
0: Houston questions from thunder obstinacy uh has the ok3 officially become an ok4 adams is killing it where might he finish in the most improved player of voting
1: uh so i looked up a few guys i think are like in the running right now i i think right now if you voted people would say porzingis yeah Um, which, which is kind of obvious, although he's like such the classic most improved player where like he just needed more usage Mm -hmm. and he was going, he was always going to do this. Um, like you look at his percentages, it's not like he's shooting crazy percentages. He's shooting 48, 36 and 81, which is solid. But you know, I, I, I I had all the confidence in the world that Porzingis was this good. Um, he's just finally getting his own team to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um the guys I like was more more serious about would be one would be Aaron Gordon cuz oh, yeah. he went from 13 and 5 to 21 and 9 kind of <laughs> overnight. He's also shooting 59% from 3. Yeah. <laughs> on 4.4 attempts per game.
0: It's insane. It's
1: insane. <laughs> and his teammate Evan Fournier, he's also averaging career highs in pretty much everything. He's at 22-4 four, and 4. He's shooting 56% from 3. On 5.1 attempts. And then even Nikola Vucevic is shooting 41% from three on 4.6 attempts. That whole Magic team, maybe just give it to them. Yeah, and Jonathan Simmons, too, is shooting like over 50% yeah, from three. <laughs> he's shooting 50% from three. Uh, another one would be our, our former Thunderman, Victor Oladipo. I think he's, yeah. he would be deserving of being considered uh, at 26-5-3 right now. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think... Adams is a should be a candidate and, and I think he's one of those candidates that actually could potentially get picked up by like the advanced stats community yes yeah his PER is super high
0: right now um what is it 26 he has the highest PER on the team and he's just been dominant as a defender and he can defend multiple guys he's he's definitely a guy that you're you don't in, in this day and age, you kind of fear having like a good center on your team because you know that against the best teams in the league, they may not be able to play. Uh, but Adams is one of the few that can. And he he's going. He gave Golden State problems a few years ago, and I know this is a different Golden State team, but he's still going to give Draymond Green problems, you know, in in the playoffs. And does that equate to like winning the series? Probably not. Does it equate to winning like one or two games? Like maybe. Like I think there's a chance of that. Uh, and so his his defensive ability, his his offense, his just confidence around the basket that one alley oop in the first half where he like had this arm like fully extended. Like he looked like DeAndre. Like it was he was he was just incredible. And you know, you can count on him for, you know, ten at least ten points a game. And Russ really trusts him, which I think is a big, big deal for this team. They seem to have the most chemistry of anybody. And that's certainly continued. So it's just it's it's exciting to know that like the Thunder obviously they have they're big three, but for Adams to improve the way he has and some of that is the players that he's playing with as well uh, that's it's really helped him to have the space to do what he's doing uh, but his hands I think he was battling injuries last year and he's not dealing with that now uh, so that's it's encouraging and also did she what'd you think of his interaction with middleton like i've I've never really seen him react like that to somebody i mean it takes a lot i don't know what middleton said i know he threw the ball at his chest um but i'll bet he said something too that got him because i i just don't people do stuff to steven adams all the time and he doesn't react it was
1: just weird to see him react last night maybe he called him australian because i one time i made (laughs) that mistake on (laughs) on reddit yeah and like all these Australians and New Zealanders came out of the woodwork and just destroyed me for like 30 straight <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I felt so
0: bad. He must have. He must have called him an Aussie. And he just – I mean that he probably just lost
1: his mind when he said that. Because um, yeah, if you think back to – what, what did Zach Randolph do? Didn't Zach Randolph like elbow him? In, or the, he, he in like, the face yeah and he had like no reaction yeah then there was the hassan white side when he was just rubbing all over his face just like crushing
0: his face he's been kicked in the balls hitting the balls multiple times he obviously his only reaction is to being hit there and then he's just like chill afterwards um but chris middleton for whatever reason got to him last night which is
1: which is weird Um, uh it's I, I, I want to follow up on that. S. Splash Myers said, is Steve-O a top five center in the league, or is this just him being a product of his new team and environment? Um, I, I went back and was looking at the ESPN player ranks, you know, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I think you could definitely say these guys – so these guys were ranked ahead of him, and I feel comfortable saying he's above them now. Uh, Nurkic, Yusuf Nurkic, um, Hassan Whiteside, which – you know, maybe you could say you like Hassan, but he's, he's been injured at the beginning of this year. Al Horford, who I still think is really good, but I I still like Adams more. And then Miles Turner, which has more to do with injuries. He hasn't really been playing. Yeah. But I, I don't know if he's a top five center in the league. But looking forward, you know, you think about DeAndre Jordan next summer is probably going to be getting a max contract and is so much older than Steven Adams. Like, I'd, yeah. yeah, I'd probably have. I'd, I'd rather have Steven Adams going forward. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's he's
0: more in the conversation than he was last year. Clearly, I think that he's right. top ten. I think you could say, but to get into that top five, then you're talking about guys that can carry an offense. You know, you're talking about uh, Boogie Cousins. You're talking about Towns, and you know, you can even debate with those two. Like, who would you rather have? I think if someone said Steven Adams, it wouldn't be the craziest thing ever, just because of the defensive end and the attitude. Uh, you know Adams is going to do whatever it takes to win uh, can you throw the ball to Adams and he can get you a bucket like those two absolutely not but is he going to give you way more on the defensive end yeah um, I've been saying he's a top five two-way center maybe even like a top three two-way center because um, there's got like Rudy Gobert, you'd still rather have him than Adams he's still way more effective defensively than Adams is but Adams is kind of closing the gap a little bit and you know, he can be a maybe a little bit more versatile, you know, DeAndre, Jordan going forward. Because, uh, I mean, DeAndre is like an elite rebounder, an elite shot blocker, and an elite, you know, around the basket. And I think Adams can ultimately do a little bit more than that. I think he's more of a passer than what DeAndre is and has a little bit more of a skill game. And he can make his free throws, which is a really big deal, so... As an all-around two-way big, I think he's top five, maybe even you know top three. I'd have to look more into that. But he's he's been so good, and I I think that's something that's really encouraging. And also, you know, Robertson playing well last night is also really encouraging for this team because they just need those role players. They've got the big pieces in place, and if they can get you know three or four role players that can you know do their job and do it well, then you know that's that's how you make an elite team.
1: Yeah, and as far as whether he, Steve is a product of his new team and environment, like absolutely, but I don't think that yeah. should be like held against him. You know, I, I when it comes to these player ranks, I think you should always judge a player by like their best self. And OKC has put him in a position to be his best self. It's it's kind of like the Draymond Green argument. Yeah, like Draymond Green's awesome because he's in that system. Yes, of course he is, but like that makes him such a such a much better player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt, and yeah you know, the answer to that is like both
0: like yes, the right. the environment has definitely improved to where the his game can flourish, but also he's gotten better like unquestionably he's improved and that's because he's such a young guy like he's he's twenty is he twenty three twenty four he he's improved a lot and he's going to continue to do that uh maybe incrementally I don't think that he's gonna end up being you know a an all star type player, but I just think that. He's going to improve. He's going to become a better defender as he continues to learn NBA defenses, and uh, it's it's exciting to watch a guy like that kind of come into his own. Um, Jay underscore Dub underscore twenty five says, "Not a question, just a statement." I miss Dion Waiters. Me too, man. I miss. I him. don't know why. Don't know why. I miss Dion a
1: lot. He's so don't great. Don't know why. He's have so- you have you gone and see his stats for this year? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, big old fall off is happening. What, what are they? Big old, big old drop off. <laughs> um, well, currently he's shooting twenty six percent or twenty seven percent from three. Okay, on his highest attempts in his career, five point seven. Very Dion of him. <laughs> uh, shooting sixty seven percent from the line, a respectable forty five percent from the field. Um, yeah, I I think this is going to come crashing down for you Dion fans. Buy this low. Is the year. Buy low, people. Buy low. How many times can you buy low on a person?
0: <laughs> a lot of times. I'm buying more. I don't know how, but I'm doing it. Buy more. You've
1: invested your life savings in this.
0: <laughs> uh, Bet my house on Dion. Come on, Dion. <laughs> um, okay, this is kind of an interesting question. Um, from at Austin S1027. Who are the top five most annoying anti-OKC media people?
1: Great question. <laughs> I love, I love right. complaining about the media. This is, this is basically just a question for you, I feel like. Uh, well, number one, I think we'd both agree, both for the history. I mean, from the day the team was sold, Bill Simmons has been there. Yeah. We got to give him his due. Shout out to Bill. I mean, he came up with the Zombie Sonics, which was a great nickname. In fact, I don't know how many people know this, but our good friend Dusty Gilpin, didn't he do your logo? He did, yeah. He did the the uh, Down to Dunk logo, yeah. Yeah, so when the Thunder first moved here, he actually designed a Zombie Sonics t-shirt and then got a cease and desist letter from the Thunder (laughs) who told him stop stop making it. (laughs) So only like 150 of these shirts exist. And I was walking around Portland and saw a human being wearing one. No way. Yeah. It was wild. And so I had to go up to him. I was like, where would you get that shirt? He was like, online. (laughs) It wasn't a very interesting story. But just just to see like one of these shirts out in the wild in the middle of Portland. Um, But I think Simmons, you know, the Zombie Sonics, then the Harden trade. I think he has shaped so many fans' OKC perspective. Yes like his influence is is so far greater than any other media member when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got to give him his due. And
0: here's here's and what here's, makes it the worst for me with Simmons is that he started to really love our team. And that's like true. gave them so much praise and gave Presti so much praise and just loved everything they did and then when the Harden trade happened he like completely turned his back on us. And like we're like wait Wait a minute! Like I, I love listening to your shows, and I love reading your articles, and like now all you do is trash the Thunder, no matter <laughs> what they do, uh, and that's that's what hurt the most, Bill.
1: Yeah, it was rough. And then you know, in more recent years, it's it's been more like like when he was he, he he hated on Westbrook so much last year. Yeah, and every time him and Joe House were on, they would hate on Westbrook, and it was because they had so much money on James Harden winning the MVP. <laughs> I have never heard Joe House so impassioned about anything as he was about Harden winning the MVP. And it's because he had so much money on it. (laughs) And then then this past summer, like when he would talk about Paul George, you could tell it was actually he was he was arguing from a position of Boston didn't get Paul George. Yeah. So he was really just mad about that. Right. Exactly. Sometimes with Bill, you have to, like, understand why he's actually hating on OKC. Yeah, A lot of times it has nothing to do with OKC. Yeah, that's, that is so true. Um, who who else? Who else are the, are the haters? Well, so ranking the other ones, the, the one that instantly popped in my head, and I don't even follow this guy, but I just remember, like, I've seen so many things from it, is the Golden State writer uh, Sam Esfandiari. <laughs> I know that's kind of a deep cut. That is a deep too. cut. Wow. <laughs> But he kind of represents just the general Golden State reporter, which you could throw some other guys in there.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would but throw I, Danny I, LaRue in there. Really? But
1: see, I don't consider Danny like a hater. He's totally a hater. He's a he's, Really?
0: Yes. So, like, they were talking about Eric Bledsoe the other day on their show. Yeah. And for some reason, he had to mention Oklahoma City should have had Eric Bledsoe. It's like <laughs> – can could, could we just go back and like say like oh this team should have had this guy like and first of all like that's not how draft day trades work like the thunder never even ha- they never had eric bloodso like at all you know they had the pick right. that became eric bloodso but that's not how those NBA trades work and so
1: like he just like go like sometimes he'll go out of his way to to say stuff like that the right. most depressing part about that conversation was when Nate said that he had spoken to Fred Katz about who they would have taken in that draft. Yeah, and it was Avery Bradley.
0: That is true. Yeah, Fred and I have talked <laughs> about that, and it's. But like, why? Like, why are you even bringing that up? Like, <laughs> they they never bring up like, oh, you know, five years ago, this this happened, and you know, this transaction could have happened for this team. Is that like they only do that for OKC? It's just weird.
1: How much of that do you think is just the Kevin Durant thing? Uh, like, do you think Kevin Durant moving to Golden State has just forced, like, people who follow that team, they have to kind of be anti-OKC just by their nature now?
0: Yeah, they do. And they, for some reason, the, the fans of Golden State and the players in Golden State, and I think a lot of this is Draymond green, is that they feel like they have to be the victim somehow. Like, they have to be the victim of whatever. You know, Draymond Green has to be the victim of, like, the NBA officials, which is just, like, the most absurd take ever. But he went off for, like, 45 minutes the other day talking about that. Uh, it's a lot of that, and it's just annoying. guess like it's just so annoying. And, I, I, you know, you can put really anybody that covers Golden State in there as just
1: yeah, we, being We annoying. can group them in as number two.
0: Yeah, Gold, uh, yeah
1: anyone that covers Golden State, number two. Uh, then, number three... Uh, I'm feeling uh I'm feeling a Tom Haberstroh. How you feel about that?
0: Yeah, a Tom a Tom Haberstroh. I El Hassan like those those two as a combo. Like they yeah. they both hate on OKC Tom because of like aesthetically and they're they're not like a <laughs> quote unquote modern team and whatever. And he
1: oh I thought you were talking about the way that Tom looks aesthetically. <laughs> just aesthetically,
0: the way Tom looks just drives me crazy. Um, <laughs> not Haberstroh is so weird, and he like. His, what was it? The big stat or whatever. One big whatever. One big dumb stat last season where he talked about like the OKC, like uh, Russell Westbrook's assists, and that video just was just absolutely absurd. And he the, the stuff that he said in that video were just not even true. And right. it was just very. It's just weird. He he's anti OKC. Uh And for whatever reason, a mean is as well, I think that he picked the nuggets to
1: win the division um which is just great, like great <laughs> maybe it's because he wanted so bad for Alvin Gentry he wanted o k c oh, to man. hire Alvin Gentry, yes. He did very bad, and you know Alvin. And the
0: reason is like Alvin Gentry is such a good guy, and he's so much fun right. to be around. I've heard so many media people just say like, you know, Brett Dawson was around him for a year, and Brett just like raves about him, and like that seems to be why he hasn't. You know, and I know that the roster is a good New Orleans, but he hasn't been like the greatest coach ever down there either. So, yeah, I, I mean. He Unnecessarily hates on Oklahoma City, and some of some of that is like the success that OKC has had out the gate uh, annoys him, and you know he feels like you know the, the Thunder fan base hasn't really ever experienced any like major like heartbreaks and blah blah blah, right. and he's you know I don't know it's weird. Um, um, ben was- Ben Gulliver has been hating on the Thunder.
1: Yeah, I put him and Andrew Sharp together. I, I don't listen to their pod, though, so you'll have to tell me the backstory there. Yeah, don't do it, Thunder
0: fans. <laughs> you'll be so mad if you listen to the Open Floor podcast. Uh, ben Gulliver spent time talking about how the Thunder should trade Paul George in their last show. It's just like, <laughs> he, like, it's been five games. Are you kidding me? You know, it's 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 just it's crazy. He's just like, you know, he's not really meshing well. That's not really going to work out for him. They need to go ahead and trade him. It's like, what are you talking about? And he also spent like 15 minutes of his show talking about how LeBron is gone. Like LeBron is gone because the Cavs are not cool anymore. And like, and it's like, man, like the season just started. Like (laughs) the Thunder have to trade Paul George and LeBron is already gone. Like, can we just see how things play out a little bit? Um, but it's just like way he's become. And he says he's not this, but he is. He's becoming way too hot takey and like he's, I feel like he's looking for a reaction more than he is like doing actual analysis. Yeah. Um, So it's just, and that's just totally annoying. Andrew Sharp has always been that way. Uh, Like that's like how he has a job is because he has so many like crazy takes that like people just will give him all the clicks because of that. And he's, I don't know, he drives me nuts and, I, I don't know why I continue to listen to the show because I inevitably turn it off and delete it angrily. Um, but I continue to do it and it's, it's a, it's a bad thing. I need to, I need to just take it off of my phone.
1: Yeah. yeah. Why are you doing
0: this? To I don't yourself? know. I don't know. Sometimes, some, I don't know. I need, I, I need someone to take my phone and de-
1: delete the, that show <laughs> for me. Uh, one other name I had for you was uh, Chris Weber. Oh man. And, oh, Which I, Because do you remember he was like – I feel like he announced a lot of those games with Golden State. And he always talks about how like OKC didn't appreciate KD. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he did. And it was –
0: I don't even know if he like has any prior knowledge on anything. I feel like he just makes stuff up or he just makes stuff up about like – he just projects like things that happened to him in his career onto like Kevin Durant or onto somebody else. And it's like, ah, that's, that's just a story that you're coming up from your own past, Chris. And you're right. just telling it like that's, it's not true at all. Um, and I know that, I mean, it, it drives everybody crazy. Like the, Thunder, like the, the Thunder tried so hard to give Kevin everything that they could. And the fan base absolutely appreciated him. And for Chris to say stuff like that, like, he may even be bumped up to number two just because it's just so <laughs> absurd. And there's, like, no reason for him to have that take. Like, he just pulled that out of nowhere.
1: So that's uh, that's your list, OKC fans. That's a, good, that's a good list. You're a list of people <laughs> to secretly hate for the rest of your life. <laughs> Anytime you hear their name. Um, this is from
0: at Balak Vella. Gupudi, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. I, I pronounced your name so badly. Uh, he wants to know how do we rate. How would we rate the Harden trade if the Thunder selected Giannis in the 13th draft instead of Adams, and would the national media treat the Thunder differently then?
1: Uh, well, I think a lot like how we say about the Harden trade. Like Harden would have never been Harden if he had stayed in OKC. I, yeah. I'm not convinced that Giannis would have been Giannis had he been drafted by OKC. Not that he wouldn't have still been great, but I don't think he would have had the same developmental curve. So, like by the time KD leaves, I don't think Giannis is Giannis.
0: Yeah, he, I I think he would be good for the Thunder, but you're right that he's never going to be point Giannis. Like point Giannis would right. have never happened when and you that's have what Russell Westbrook Giannis last year, right? Um, and so yeah, it's kind of an interesting thought of what does he actually become in OKC? Because one, he doesn't—he's not a good three-point shooter, and so is he your power forward then? And he's really kind of been too thin, really up until this season to be that. Uh, so is he your sixth man? Does he maybe he's your sixth man and kind of runs the second unit and like that's great. Um, but I do think the perspective. I think that if he becomes like eighty percent of what he is now, I do think people look at the Harden trade differently, and they're like, "We know Sam Presti was just a genius, and he was able to hold this team together, and while bringing in another star, and you know, and, and that is not to say that <clears throat> Adams isn't good. Obviously, he is. But <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's it would be viewed differently, and this team would be viewed a lot differently if they had Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you could really still have the team around russ that you do now and maybe even keep kevin if he's i mean i just there's so many variables around that that you you can't predict or like go in the past and say like let's plug in this and then say what would happen but i think overall yeah i think that people would judge the thunder differently um and i mean who i don't know it would it would be different for sure. Just because Giannis is at – he's on another level that, you know, Stephen Adams will never get to.
1: And Giannis is on another level like visually. Like just watching him play, he yeah. stands out in a way that Adams just doesn't. Yeah. Like just just watching like Giannis take the ball and lay it in is insane.
0: Yeah. I mean if you have Giannis and Durant and Westbrook and, you know, Ibaka who would then like be your center, you know. Oh my. And like, Giannis is your small forward. KD is your power forward. <clears throat> I mean, that's, I mean, that is like what the Thunder kind of dreamed to be, you know, is like this team with like all length and athleticism and running up and down the floor. And I mean, like, that's, yeah, I think you view that team a lot differently. And they don't, and then they can be that. Golden Statey type team that you know switch can switch everything and everybody can guard somebody and everybody can make a play and everyone can pass. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And John Hammond, I've had this argument over the years where he still thinks that Adams is the better fit, but I, I just think that talent wise, like you just you you always <clears throat> have to want the the best talent, and Giannis is clearly that. I mean, he could. I don't think he'll win the MVP this year, but he definitely has a chance to do it. He'll be in the conversation. He could be top three. Um, and, you know, Steven Adams will will never be in that conversation, and that's just the type of player he is. I mean, he's a role player, and that's great. And you need role players on teams. And you know, you can make the argument that maybe there there wasn't enough room to have a Giannis, and you're, maybe he doesn't develop, and maybe maybe he just looks like Bruno Caboclo on the Thunder. Like I have no idea.
1: But uh, man, that was Sam Hinkie's first draft. And he had the eleventh pick. It seems like that would have, like that. Who did like he take? Nate Giannis would have made way more sense. He took yeah. MCW. Yeah. Um. But looking at his future picks, how like he always went with like upside and youth. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm surprised he didn't take Giannis. Yeah, except for like, Oka-
0: except for uh, Jahlil Okafor. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> who like apparently could be bought out. I guess we can have that talk. Like if the Thunder have a spot, would you want Jalil Okafor to sit on the end of the bench with Takari Johnson and they can sit there and talk to each other? Like, would you like
1: that? Uh, sure. I would like <laughs> it. Uh, I, you know, I, I put it out on Twitter Like a few days ago because I noticed he wasn't even in the rotation anymore. Wondering, like, could he fill that Cantor role, like the backup big who's scoring. Mm -hmm. And uh, as many people both on Twitter and Reddit have pointed out, like there are massive differences between Okafor and Cantor. Namely the rebounding and like Okafor's defense is even – it's like a different brand of bad defense (laughs) from Cantor. (laughs) Because Cantor generally does try. Yeah. He just can't do it. <laughs> Whereas Okafor doesn't even try and also probably can't do it. Yeah. And he's got upside-down ears. That's – wow, that's a big knock against him as well. <laughs> yeah. And you, you wonder
0: being in a different environment though. Like uh, He's been on a team that he knew that he was never going to be the starting center. And he will never be a starting center. But – Maybe going to another organization, it doesn't have to be the Thunder, but maybe right. he could be, you know, a Cantor-esque guy. You know, where he comes in, he can destroy guys, you know, in the post, and like, he's a skilled player. Like, he's still a skilled guy. You know, his rookie season, he put up 17 and 7, you know, and had to block a game. That's the one thing he can do is he can block shots, and so if you can teach him to defend, and maybe he has the will to defend. Like, maybe he's not you know, such a negative defender. I don't think he'll ever be like a plus defender. But I think, you know, I think there's a spot in the league for him and he just has to find that right spot. Uh, If I'm the Thunder, I mean, maybe you look at that, but I like the direction they're going in for this with this team is that they're getting back on defense. They're going to be smothering. They're going to switch everything. And right now they have lineups that can do that. And then when you throw Jill Okafor in that, if like he does come in and could play backup center minutes, it like ruins everything. You know? And right. he, and he can't play that can role because you already have Carmelo there. Like you're gonna have Carmelo and Jill Okafor on the court together? Like that's <laughs> like that's not a good idea. Um, so I don't I don't love it for O K C um, but he, if he gets bought out, like I hope that he can find a good organization to go to. Like, send him to the Spurs. Like, let, let, let your little you know, play for the Spurs. Maybe even play for the Austin Spurs for a little bit. And, like, get his footing. You know, have palgasol Gasol teach him how to be a big man. Um, I don't know. He just needs to land in a good spot. Like, I I hope that he doesn't land with, like, sacramento or phoenix or something like that where it's just like oh crap like his career's over you know Um, right because he's got a ton of talent and it's pretty rare that those guys just completely flame out when they have all this talent um because he was very good in in college
1: and even good his rookie year yeah like the pedigree is insane because all through high school this kid was ranked yeah like in the top five and then he goes to duke and he so he's a mcdonald's all-american then he gets ap all-american first team as a freshman at duke and then he was on the all rookie first team his first year in the nba yeah like a lot of things going for him and it's just like vanished and it and it has more to do with his situation than anything else and obviously he's had some injuries and so he hasn't been able to perform the way he wants to but I would absolutely take a risk on him, especially if I'm a young team. I mean, you look at even like a team like Phoenix, who has invested so much in Marquise Chris and uh, Dragon Bender, and they still don't really have an answer. Like, and they're probably not going to re-sign Alex Len next summer. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just any of these bad teams. Like, why not just take a risk on this guy? Yeah.
0: And they should. I just hope for Jalil's sake that he doesn't end up on a bad team. I'd rather him be the third string center on a good team than, you know, even the starting center on a bad team. Yeah. I just don't know if he can. I don't know. I don't think he's Anthony Bennett. Like, I don't think he's going to be. It's like completely out of the league. Um, but I do think that like these next, this next move for him is pretty crucial and I have no clue what will happen. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Sam Presti took a shot on like him or even really even next summer, like bring in, you know, any of these like Mario Hazonia or somebody like that. He's always l- at least taken a look at these you know guys that have kind of flamed out as top picks and given them a chance and seeing what he can do with the talent. You know, he did it with Dion, he did it with Hashim Thabit. he did it with Canner, he did, I mean he's he's looked for these guys um that have this pedigree like you said and i think that you know like maybe he could be something but i also don't i don't want him to screw up what the thunder have going because i think that what they what they have going i think is better suited to play you know the elite teams in the league and uh okafor can't like he's he's will be a you can't play okafor you know he can't he cannot be on the court against those elite teams and If you're the Thunder, you just don't want to have really any of those guys on your team. Um, At least the guys that are in the rotation, you don't want those guys on your team.
1: Uh, Do you want to end on the uh, top five Mellow personas? (laughs) Yeah, do you have an answer for this? Uh, I just have some other options. Okay, okay. Uh, Who who asked, though? I Um, should give them credit. Um, While you're looking at that, the question was, "What are the top five mellow personas?" Some of the ones that were offered were hoodie mellow, Olympic mellow, braids mellow, cues mellow. Um, first of all, I have a question. Yeah. Do you know Do you know the history? By the way, this was from at Casem's ten. Okay. Um, my my memory of hoodie mellow. The first time I saw mellow in a hoodie, and it became famous, was when he was at the Olympics. And it was on the plane. Remember, he was like old man Mellow, and it was on the plane. He was looking over. He looked all disgruntled. Yes, he was in a yes, I so, do remember. So, that. is, so that's not Hoodie Mellow, though. Not that hoodie. doesn't count. Hoodie Mellow is Hoodie him playing in a hoodie in the gym this summer, right? Okay, so that's separate from. Olympic Mellow. Olympic Mellow is more about his play style Yes. during the Olympics. Hoodie Mellow is current. I didn't realize Hoodie Mellow was so current because oh, my yeah. memory of it went back a lot further. Yeah, I think it's just this summer where he okay. – and I okay. think the, the joke is he puts
0: the hoodie on and then he can't see his teammates. So he can only see the bucket.
1: OK. Well, in that case, uh, my number one would be uh, Braids Mellow. <laughs> the one that's in in the uh the tqs yeah you okay. guys posted a gif of braids mellow because i last night i was going back and watching some of the old like oh seven nuggets yeah because somebody else had asked a question about whether <laughs> is there any team that has more arm sleeves than the thunder which i didn't know how to answer that but i For some reason, it made me think of how the Mellow Nuggets had so many guys who wore headbands. Oh, man. Yeah. And so I I wanted to count up how many there were. So I was going back and looking at that. So I watched a lot of old Carmelo Anthony commercials. (laughs) He he was a very doughy boy. (laughs) He was a doughy boy. He still kind of is. I know. There was a commercial. I think it was like an NBA.com commercial where he's running down the street and his clothes are just slowly being like vanished from his body. (laughs) Because people are buying them on NBA.com. Okay. And so he's just like running without I know. It is a weird commercial. He was running without his shirt in like downtown New York City or something. He's a doughy boy. But that's that's my favorite Mello. uh, Braids Mello. Second favorite Mello uh, is Staring at Rihanna Mello. Okay. Yes. I do. I do. Yes. (laughs) If you don't know Staring at Rihanna Mello, there's a picture of Rihanna with some guy and then in the background – just lurking just staring at rihanna is mellow wearing these big glasses with the weirdest face on i really like that Mello.
0: i'm gonna try to post that to our twitter account tonight uh
1: third favorite mellow is uh nba mellow you know what mellow that is i have no idea what you just said do you remember when uh the, the NBA would, would reach out to the Hispanic community. They'd have the NBA. Oh, <laughs> okay. NYA. NBA, Mello. But there's yeah. a commercial of like a guy playing like a conga drum or something, and then like a, a Latin dancer, and then Mello is dribbling a ball to the beat of the music. <laughs> um, but there's a face in that commercial that has since been like taken away and, and made into a meme. Where he's like looking at this Latin dancer in a really funny way. You should also post that. Well, how do you even Google that? Uh, if you type in uh, uh, mellow commercial face, <laughs> that will get you there. Okay. <laughs> Probably. Okay. Um, yeah. If you go to Google Images, it's the second picture. Um. So those. Okay,
0: okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. I've seen that. I just don't. I didn't know what that was from.
1: It's actually better if you watch the commercial. I would. I would recommend you should just post the commercial. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's much better in context. Yeah. Because it's literally a split second. And yes, I. Yeah, I've seen that picture everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I've seen that a ton of times. I didn't know that that was from that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then four, I would go uh, hoodie mellow. I'm a fan of Hoodie Mellow. I think that's real cool to play in a hoodie, especially with the cutoff sleeves. And then five, Olympic Mellow. Olympic Mellow gets a little overrated. People just love Olympic Mellow and won't <laughs> shut up about him. I wish people would just let Mellow be Mellow. He doesn't have to be Olympic Mellow forever and ever.
0: Yeah, I just don't think Olympic Mellow like, really exists in the NBA. That's yeah. That's been my my thing with it is that I just – Everybody's like, "Oh, if he'll just be Olympic Mellow like sorry like he's not, and it's because he's not playing with like chris Paul LeBron James Kevin Durant right uh, Russell Westbrook. like yeah, give him a break, just love him for who he is he and he is great he, he is, is great. he is probably next to Stephen Adams probably like the best interview of any of the players like he's just Inter- so he's
1: just so fun he is my favorite thunder player ever. <laughs> i'm already ready to say it <laughs> he's great man I he's, love him. he just seems so cool he is so cool you're right he's
0: he's definitely and russ is cool but is like for some and i and i can't like really describe it to you he's another level of cool mostly because if, like you feel like you could
1: actually talk to him and yeah russ, he just like seems so chill and relaxed like 24 7 yes He's he great. seems so wise. Like he, he, he has like <laughs> no. he seems like he's like forty five years old. <laughs> oh man, Melo Mel is great,
0: and I've, that's been kind of I think eye opening for a lot of Thunder fans. Is like the perception of him coming in is like he's a coach killer, he's a bad guy, he's you know takes too many shots, he's not helpful, blah blah blah. But the truth is that he's still an amazing offensive player, and he's a great cool dude. Mm hmm. He's great. Um, Underrated cool dude. He is. He, he is one of the coolest dudes in the NBA. We'll have to – next pod, we'll have to do a ranking of the cool dudes in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> um, Alex, please follow Alex on Twitter. Like if you don't, I know a lot of you do. But if you don't follow Alex on Twitter, he's really funny. Uh, he knows a lot about the NBA. So follow him on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow us on Twitter at DownToDunk. Please leave us a five-star iTunes review if you listen to our show week in, week out. We really appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, hope you guys have a great Wednesday, and we'll talk to you again on Friday.